Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. Grace and peace I bring you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings on behalf of some 29,000 siblings who worship in 120 communities of faith in this region known as the Presbytery of Philadelphia. It is always a joy and a special privilege to be with you here in Doylestown. As some of you may know, Doylestown was a point of introduction to my journey here in this presbytery eight years ago, and I too preceded Becca cross-country 3,000 miles to join you. As Pastor John, who I'm glad is recovering and I'm looking forward to seeing later, was the chair of the committee that brought me out here. I've also had the privilege of working with so many of your leaders. More recently, Dave Sager and um, one of our former moderators, Elder Linda Rakoski, and your former interim associate pastor, Roberta Carney. The list is getting longer and longer and longer as Roberta and I went to school together and actually served in the same church for over a decade. I remind you that my voice is not straining because I'm sick. It's the result of a vocal dysphonia that does not hurt, but it has been a major inconvenience in that it has taken away my ability to sing, which Becca knows I used to do in California a lot, but I refuse to let it take away my voice but it is good to be with you this morning. Our New Testament reading is found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, one verse in chapter 10, six. Paul is writing to the saints in Ephesus, reminding them of the power of their faith as they put on the armor of God. And it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of the Lord's power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As Pastor Beck already said, our message this morning continues your sermon series, Be Renewed, with the focus on our message this morning found in the Old Testament scripture that was already read from the book of Isaiah. But listen again to verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Join me in prayer. Gracious God of all eternity, silence in us the noises and distractions that we bring with us into the sacredness of this space. May our hearts be open to your word, to your spirit, as you seek to transform us, to renew us, to be agents of your grace and love in this world. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, Star Trek commander James Kirk, known in real life as William Shatner, would take to the stars beyond the Earth's atmosphere. What had been part of his acting career, his role, going where no man had ever gone before, had now become a part of his human experience and reality. At 90 years of age, everybody write that down. <laughs> At 90 years of age, he is now the oldest person to be rocketed into space, getting a view from above that from all reports transformed and renewed his spirit. He's quoted as saying, what you have given me is the most profound experience that I can imagine. What an extraordinary moment. I must confess, I was so jealous. <laughs> I have dreamt of going beyond the atmospheric boundaries of that blue into the blackness of that unknown space. I'm sure some of you have had that fantasy as well. Now, it's unlikely that I will ever rocket away from Earth, but there's still hope. He was 90. But I have had a few opportunities to soar above the Earth, offering me a glimpse of a greater vision than my own. On one occasion, it was a fundraising event in an effort to surprise my spirit of adventure, my husband, Edward, bought a Russian biplane ride for me and six friends. Well, my husband and my then middle school son uh, would not go with me. Well, that made that present questionable. <laughs> so I invited four minister friends and my then 80-year-old mother who did come with me. So we took to the sky in this bright yellow plane that looked like it belonged to the Red Baron fighting with Snoopy in the Peanuts comic series. I got to spend much of my time in the cockpit with the pilot for that hour. And I remember being in awe of the breath of Southern California landscape below, the landscape before me the San Gabriel Hills, hugging the desert region some 45 miles from downtown Los Angeles. Actually, Becca knows everyone who was on that plane with me. 
I loved how the textures and colors took my breath away. I could easily resonate with Shatner's reflection of it being such a profound experience. Well, perhaps you have found yourself high above your normal terrain, taking a hike to a peak and looking down at what feels like something sculptured by a divine artist. And for that moment in time, you're able to see far more than you are accustomed to seeing. Have you been there? The view from above inspiring, surprising, renewing, and humbling, reminding you that you really belong to something far greater than your individual experience. For me, those moments of the hiking in the Dolomites when I lived in Italy, flying over the Grand Canyon, or helicoptering over the Alaskan glaciers, they have become a kind of reality check, inviting me to reassess my perspective about who I am. In this complexity of life, where things often seem unsettling, unwelcomed, and overwhelming, tempting me, I'm confessing, tempting me to want to surrender, shelter in place, or escape. The image is from above. This perspective is precisely what the prophet known as Deutero Isaiah is offering the children of Israel at their moment in time. A moment in time when the faithful children of God find themselves with circumstances, guess what? That are unsettling, unwelcome, and overwhelming. They're living in exile in Babylon, having been taken away from the land they loved in Judah. And for those who were carted away, unlike their relatives who wound up remaining in Jerusalem, these exiles were physically and economically dealing with a unique challenge. You see, those who stayed behind saw the devastation of the temple of the city, but those who were carted away, well, the Babylonians allowed those exiles to have businesses to marry Babylonians, causing a slow assimilation that could ultimately erode their identity, causing their faith to simply become one of ceremony and historic ritual. We're a little familiar with that, right? When faith becomes ceremonial, historic, we call them the hatch, match, and dispatch Christianity syndrome. Think about that. This prophet of exile, as he is also known, was aware that those children of God in Babylon were struggling with an existential crisis brought about by a sense of powerlessness, vulnerability, that could forever lead them away from their foundational strength, their identity, and their stories of faith. Now, we don't know a whole lot about this prophet, but we do know that he speaks into real time. 
He doesn't speak into what ifs. According to a commentary by Hanson, the prophet viewed the welfare and destiny of their people firmly within the context of world events. We are reminded that prophets do not speak into a vacuum, that prophets can see the challenges placed on a people in captivity, even when that captivity is without chains. The prophet knows how survival and daily living can frame the consciousness of a people, tempting them away from their foundational stories of faith, from who they're called to be. It is the prophet's job to challenge the dissonance between what we claim is our faith and how we're living, especially it is the prophet's job at this particular moment, as we heard, to offer words of comfort and hope when the world turns upside down, answering the question that everyone's asking, where can spirit and strength be renewed? Where? The prophet answers his question by going beyond his and their particular moment in time, by soaring upward and backwards to the very beginning, to the foundation of creation. Have you not known? Have you not heard? I love those two phrases. The poetic nature of the words, beautifully constructed, remember that you, are tied to a God who not only created the grandeur of the world, but who has brought liberation to you. If you can remember God's faithfulness, if you can remember the woven tapestry of your history, if you can remember who you are because of whose you are, it will provide you with a view beyond yourself. It can and will renew your strength. Well, perhaps you do remember this. It was the weekend in March 2019. A new kind of moment in time began framing our reality. I was on vacation in Puerto Rico as the pandemic spread, causing a deadly reality that would be out of our control as we all wrestled with new boundaries, social distancing, masking up our state shutdown, launching the 19 months that have defined so much of our lives. And another pandemic was simultaneously finding its voice, causing a dis-ease in our civil arena. It's like we forgot how to talk to one another. Racism found a renewed boldness. Violence and civil unrest seemed to be growing. And the church, the church, well, that was going to be a new kind of wilderness journey for us as we start to consider what does it mean to be church when the building is closed? What does it mean to be church 
when we can't gather together to even feel this synergy, even with our masks on. We found ourselves exiled away from our beloved sanctuaries and not unlike the children of Israel and Babylon, our identity as the church found itself wrestling with what this new reality would mean for our witness in the world. How do we respond to the forces around us? How are we faithful to the gospel? Fast forward to today. We've even learned to sing with masks on and do it well. That was beautiful. We have survived what seems like the worst of the past 19 months. And the church did rise in ways that we never imagined as pastors and leader after leader became producers, directors, actors. In weekly Zoom worship, as our churches creatively sought out new ways to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. But now, as we take a breath, it's clear that the grief, I lost five people in nine months. The exhaustion of trying to be creative and the reality of the past 19 months has taken its toll on us. You see, rising out of the ashes, rising beyond our anxiety, rising beyond the pain of illness and death, is really hard work, but yet we have survived. And friends, survival is not good enough for a people of resurrection hope. Do I have an amen? amen? Survival is not good enough for a people who claim to be a people of the impossible. So where do we find the strength to allow ourselves to be renewed? I really love that you as a congregation are exploring what it means to be renewed because you're claiming that that is where we are. You're leaning into a vision beyond the one that has framed our recent history. You are embracing that you are part of something far bigger than this moment. You can hear the words of the prophet echoing across 2,500 years, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I will tell you that I looked up a few things about eagles while I was thinking about speaking and sharing this word with you today. And I learned that not only do eagles fly high, and I don't mean only the team. Yeah, I learned that when you say that in Philly, <laughs> So not only do eagles fly high, but when storms come, did you know that eagles use the winds around them to fly even higher? I didn't know that. So that they can fly above the storm. And I also learned that eagles not only have good vision, they have great vision. They're able to see two to three miles away. Their focus is beyond their immediate surrounding, allowing them to see and sort in new places 
What extraordinary imagery. I can almost feel the wind beneath those wings. Those who wait on the Lord shall, re, shall soar with a vision and a journey beyond what we can see. Now, to be clear, as I bring us to a close here, waiting on the Lord should not be confused with being passive. It means using our God-given gifts to find ways to see God's vision, to join God's vision for us and for the world. Waiting on the Lord is not about isolating and praying, hoping someone else fixes it. It is about reclaiming our identity in the midst of all that would challenge us and leaning into who we are because of whose we are to rise up above this moment in time and to make right what has been broken in the world. Like your commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, exploring how you as a community of faith will continue to get on that express that you've used as imagery to explore what it is that's broken. And I love that you're not making it an event, that you're making it a journey. Friends, we live in times of uncertainty. Perhaps that is the most certain truth we can be sure of. But like our foreparents of faith, we too have been gifted. We have been given an identity grounded on the faithfulness of the Creator God. We too belong to a rich story of redemption and liberation culminating in the story of Jesus and his resurrection from the ashes of death. And like those before us, we are invited to wait on the Lord with the promise of a view that we are not yet able to fully see. May the Spirit of God rise us up. May it rise us up and give us a vision beyond this moment as we soar above on wings of eagles renewed in strength, soaring into our God-given future, trusting as that favorite hymn goes, and he will raise you up on eagles' wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hands. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.